three, two, we're rolling. Speak the language podcast, Mr. Matt Branch. Thank you, sir. Thank you for taking the time to come up here and hang out with us. I appreciate it, Lake, man. Everything's good in my world today. Of course, unlike most people, I start every day off on the right foot. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you got my joke. I'm glad you got it. I didn't crash and burn. That. No, 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 no. You didn't crash and burn it. It was uh, – Look, that, I always, I always say I like kind of jumping straight into the meat of things when yeah. it comes to the podcast, and yeah. so yeah, that was a good lead-in, if you will. You're you're a man with a with an interesting story. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Interesting, unusual, strange, shocking. You know, there's there's <laughs> lots of words you could use to describe my story, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm just glad to be here today, and I appreciate you getting me here to. Yeah. tell my story on your podcast man yeah for sure i you know i mean i apologize i know me we've gone back and forth a lot about trying to get you up here but i'm glad you we finally we finally can make it work yeah this is a good time you know to catch up in the summer i know y'all are busy chasing turkeys in the spring and everything yeah. so uh it worked out we made it happen yeah man so give me a little bit of before we dive straight into starting out on the right foot every morning like give me give me a little bit of background about how like where you're from how you grew up um a little bit of football obviously there's a lot of sec football fans that listen to this podcast so let's let's cover a little bit of that all right so uh basically i live in monroe louisiana about two hours from here um as a crow flies mm -hmm. and uh i have a wife and uh two two and a half year old son my wife is currently 33 weeks pregnant so oh, wow. uh yeah, my turkey season this past year was was pretty much ruined due to the coronavirus <laughs> and, a, and a pregnant wife. So uh, I don't have a whole lot of turkey stories to share today. Uh -oh. But um, so I work uh, for Corteva AgriScience, okay. which is a company in the agricultural industry. Sure. And uh, basically, what we do is we produce products for farmers to use to grow their crops every year. Uh, I work on the seed side of the business, so mm -hmm. I promote our seed products to farmers and kind of run that through distribution. Mm -hmm. um, here, just in this area, I drove past a lot of cotton fields and stuff, and that's that's mainly what I focus on is okay. cotton. And uh, I will say, anybody out there listening for a good career and you have a passion for hunting, agriculture is a good option <laughs> because of how the seasons roll. You know, we're super busy in the spring and summer. But when the fall and winter gets here, you know, the crops are out of the field and it's time to go to the woods. Yeah. You know, we get plenty of time. So, so other worked, than yeah. what you do, Lake, you know, I would say the ag industry has probably the most time uh, for hunting in the fall and winter for sure. Yeah. So uh, if you anybody's just, interested, You probably a good peaked one. a lot of listeners' ears saying that. Yeah, yeah. Anybody's <laughs> unhappy with their career, job, and wants to do more hunting, you know, look in the ag. That's it's the a way good, to go. Good way to land. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, uh basically my backstory um mm. i used to play football at lsu i played from 2008 to 2012 mm -hmm. um played left the team in the spring of 2012 i had a lot of concussions injuries tore my knee up uh, ripped my calf muscle just you name it it, it hit me yeah, i went through it had some bad luck and stuff some of that was self-inflicted some of that was just bad luck but uh right. anyway so i played there um my last game and I'll get into this because I've told this many times. Uh, my last game was the 2012 National Championship game against yeah. Alabama. Yeah. And that is a game that many Tiger fans still are bitter about to this day. Mm -hmm. And I'm bitter about it too. And <laughs> to this day, I have not watched that game on tape. See, that's how, like, when – I mean, from Mississippi, went to Mississippi State, a Mississippi State fan. But even I, like knowing SEC football, the second you said 
that you were there from 2008 to 2012, I immediately went the national championship game 2012. Like I, I went, th- like everyone knows that game. Yeah, man, that is a that is a sore spot for every uh, every LSU fan, and everybody in the SEC is aware of it because of how it went down. You know, I'll just kind of give the rundown. So we went through the season undefeated, beat Alabama in the regular season, Mm -hmm. won the SEC championship, number one team in the country, going to the national championship. Oklahoma State loses, like, one of their last games of the year. We were supposed to play them. They were the number two team. And when they lost the game, the bowl committee decided to just give Alabama a chance to get a rematch against us after we had already beat them. Yeah, you know, and if there's any Alabama fans out there, uh, I'm sorry, but I do not like the, the Crimson Tide. I mean, <laughs> I might get some hate over this, but I don't care. You it's know, all I'm right, an LSU man. Guy. This podcast is for <laughs> honesty. You know, I mean, like I said, I'm a Mississippi State fan. I get several. I get lots of you know flack from Ole Miss people, but you know, it's it's it is what it is. It is what it is. I got it's friends all, that are Ole Miss yeah. fans. It all works out. <laughs> yeah, it's all in a good humor, good taste. So yeah, uh, nothing nothing personal here. But anyway. We lost the game, and, um, you know, like I said, I've not watched any of that film to this day, and I really honestly don't know of another player on that team that has watched that game to wow. this day. Yeah, and it was it hurt so bad because, you know, we just had done so well all season, 13-0, and SEC champs, and then we lose the most important game of the year. Yeah. I think we would have been better off in our hearts anyway – if we would have just not won a game the entire season, you know, then, yeah. then doing what we did and then losing then the to get right there, yeah, man, I can was, imagine. It was rough, man. It was, but uh, so yeah, that was my last game in LSU uniform. Wow. Yep. Yep. Pretty crazy. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I mean, I can anything that you put that much energy, mental and physical effort into, like that's the yeah, I can understand. I'm not gonna well. I can't understand because I haven't been in that situation, but I can kind of wrap my head around why that would be such so impactful for you. Yeah, man. We put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into that season, and um, it just didn't turn out the way we hoped. You mm-hmm. know, That's just uh, part of life, though. That's part of life. Sometimes yeah. things don't turn out the way you hope, and you got to pick up the pieces and move on, which is, I guess, what we can get into for the next part of my story. Yeah, that's uh, like I said, fa- fast not fast forward me but i mean so you walk away from football and then yeah somehow along that leads to to where we're at now so um got done playing football graduated from lsu got my degree and i took a job in the ag industry my family i've already explained that my family is involved in ag mm-hmm. um, my family farms from basically uh Ravel, louisiana to vicksburg mississippi mm-hmm. and um i just kind of fell right in and started working at a, a job with a distributor a couple years later i took the job i currently have um with corteva agriscience and um you know i was just hunting and fishing and you know just loving life and um you know just trying to uh raise a family and you know do all the things and and then one december day um in 2018 it was uh december the 28th 2018 me and uh, a couple of my buddies were over at eagle lake mississippi duck hunting yeah and um we were kind of mid-morning it was kind of a morning lull and we decided we were going to get ready to move to a another location Mm -hmm. um to try our luck elsewhere and we were picking up decoys and gathering all our gear up and i walked over to a polaris ranger 
dropped my gun down into the bed of it. Okay. We kept grabbing our stuff, loading up. I was standing around on the passenger side. We were getting ready to leave. Yeah. And uh, black Labrador retriever we had with us jumped up into the bed of the Ranger. A couple seconds after he jumped in the bed, my 12-gauge shotgun went off. Three-inch mm. magnum fired from it. Um, I was standing basically six inches from the end of the muzzle, kind of mm. to the left of it. Um, the gun barrel was kind of on the left side of my body. And, uh, you know, we didn't know exactly what happened right when the gun went off man it was uh it was a weird sound it wasn't like a usual shotgun blast you hear it was like a just real muffled you know so we were kind of confused at at first like what just happened yeah, yeah and then i looked down at the bed of the ranger and i noticed about a coffee can size hole and it was directly next to my leg and at that point it just hit me like dude this gun just went off and I'm standing right here, you yeah. know, like, am I hit? I, I didn't feel anything. You did, you know? Okay. Didn't feel a thing, That's which wild. is crazy. Yeah. You know? Everybody imagines, you know, at, at some point in everybody's life, they've imagined, you know, what it would be like to get shot. Sure. And uh, I've lived it. And I'm here to tell you, it. I didn't feel it at all. Yeah. You know? So when I noticed the hole, I went to take a step back to kind of get a better look and see if I, you know, had been hit or something. And uh, when I went to step back, my left leg didn't move. Ooh. So I started kind of, you know, trying to regain my composure and catch my step, catch myself, and then uh, I couldn't, and I fell to the ground. Yeah. And, dude, that's when the adrenaline rush just, I mean, it just hit me like a freight train, man. Like, yeah. You know, my biggest fear had just happened in the blink of an eye. Sure, yeah. You know, I mean, just imagine, just put yourself there. You know, you're there having a good time with your buddies, and then – you know, the worst thing you could think possible just happens just in a split second. Well, yeah, you go from, you know, like just a lack, I mean, not necessarily lackadaisical, but I mean, it's, you're doing something that you enjoy to do. You're duck hunting with your friends. I mean, like you said, you're moving to a different spot. I mean, all you're thinking about is just duck hunting. Or you're probably not thinking about anything at all. You're probably just trying to, you know, enjoy the downtime. And then, boom, just like that, that happens. Yeah, all your fun's over, you know. It yeah. was we, No more fun at that point. And uh, so, anyway... I started screaming, and, um, you know, I, I screamed for probably five, ten seconds. You know, I've been shot, and uh, then the blood pressure drop really started to affect me mm. because it hit me in the top of my left leg, yeah. which is where your femoral artery is. Yeah. Everybody knows what that is. Um, my blood pressure just, just basically fell out, and I, I immediately, like, a calm state fell over me, and I felt like I might just fall asleep at any second. Wow. You know, it was like I, I try to explain it like if somebody stuck a vacuum to you mm -hmm. turned it on and just sucked 90 percent of your energy out in a second that's what it was wow i was i was couldn't move nothing so two of the guys ran over picked me up they uh loaded me up in the ranger kind of sitting up in the front seat and i was putting pressure on my leg you know i knew it was i knew it was bad they yeah. weren't quite sure if it was bad or not because i had on chest waders and um so I had a little bit of blood on my hands and my leg. Yeah. And uh, they cranked up the Ranger. One of them jumped in the back. Uh, another one jumped in the driver's seat, called 911, and um, decided right then and there, this is a, a point in the story that, you know, really saved my life. Why I'm able to sit here and tell it is yeah. uh, 
so we were where we were at on the farm it was a big cypress break and we were kind of in the middle of the farm it was about the same distance to the camp as it was to the major highway gotcha well they decided to take me to the highway versus back to our camp which saved the ambulance probably 20 minutes and okay. getting me to the hospital yeah. and at that at that point every second counted yeah, so you, you know. were you were losing blood quickly yeah i was bleeding out really fast wow okay and um so anyway th- i mean they could have took me to the camp and thought they had some you know medical stuff some yeah. bandages we're gonna whatever wrap this to up help and me try out. to slow yeah. but yeah exactly instead they took me to the highway which in the end saved my life well we're pulling up to the highway and uh I'd lost my vision, too. I didn't mention that. Oh, wow. My vision blacked out, like, right after they put me in the Ranger. And uh, as we were getting close to the highway, my vision started to come back to yeah. me. Now, is that just because I'm not medically, I don't know, is that a result from blood loss, or is that all adrenaline, or, or what? Probably a combination of both. Okay. I, I don't I don't know all the medical terms either, but I, my, my guess is my uh, brain knew my body was losing blood fast yeah so it was trying to shut down other parts of my body to keep my blood flowing to my heart sure you know yeah so um anyway they pulled up to the highway and i just remember when my vision came back to me just i mean man what i saw and felt that day it still like it still brings fear to me when i think about it you know like uh it was a real kind of a dull gray morning yeah man i like just evil was just everywhere around me, just in the air. Like I just, just felt really heavy on me, huh. you know. And then your mind goes to, you know, I have a wife and one-year-old son yeah. at the time at home. I'm never gonna see them again, man. Like, you know, that's that's pretty heavy stuff. That's but heavy. uh, you know, when you think about it, you know, nobody thinks that when they leave the house that morning that they're not gonna make it back home yeah. that night. And that was my reality at the time. And, uh, you know, I just thought about my little boy and, you know, what what his life would be like without me in it. And my wife, you know, what her life would be like, you know, having to raise him alone. And it was just just weighing down on me, yeah. man. And then, and then just all the, you know, mistakes and some regrets I'd had through my life just, like, came back to me. And, uh, you know, I was sitting there just dwelling in all that, just sorrow and sadness and now when i think back on it i I really feel like that was like me experiencing like going to hell almost yeah in my mind okay and when i think about it like that would if i had to spend eternity in those thoughts and feelings Mm -hmm. like that would be hell to me or anybody honestly and uh so my friends pull me out of the ranger lay me on the highway embankment and you know they're kind of holding my leg and stuff and telling me you know i was too tough to let some bbs kill me and like trying to you know keep me encouraged and motivated to stay with them yeah and um the ambulance showed up probably i don't know five ten minutes after we got there it had been around 20 25 minutes since i'd been shot to when the ambulance showed up they ran up to me cut my waders off and uh they soon realized how bad it really was. Right. You know, yeah. like they they still couldn't see until the waiters until the waiters off. came off. And um, you know, when they pulled my boot off, my waiter boot off, blood just poured out of it. Golly, like water out of a pitcher. Yeah. My clothes from like basically my chest down were just solid, stained red. Sheesh. You know, like I, I I basically bled out at that point. So they load me up on the stretcher, put me in the ambulance. 
I remember like seeing a bright light above me and uh blackness just yeah. out yeah like you're probably light. slipping in and Gone. out of consciousness at that point yeah, yeah i was in and out you know and um and i remember specifically like when i went out completely and that was the first time i went into cardiac arrest oh god um so went into cardiac arrest in the ambulance they got my pulse back before we got to the hospital in vicksburg yeah they wheeled me in they had actually this is crazy too they had actually just put a person down for like an elective surgery and he was in the operating room well when i got there he was already asleep they wheeled him out and pulled me in there so they could start operating on me because yeah. i was dying yeah you, know? you were about to die and yeah. uh yeah they lost my uh they lost my pulse again went into cardiac arrest again at the vicksburg hospital Golly. in all um and this is this is basically what we've been told by the doctors but roughly in all, I was probably in cardiac arrest for 40, 45 minutes. Oh, dear that gosh, day. man. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be here. You were on the edge of it. You were past the edge of it. I was, I was done. You know, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be here. Crap. So uh, they got, wound up getting my pulse back in Vicksburg. And um, I was, my injury was more than they could handle at the, that hospital. So they had to airlift me to Jackson, to University of Mississippi Medical Center, gotcha. which is a huge hospital yeah, and their, the surgeons they have is, are just unbelievable there and um so they got they flew me over there in the ho- uh air helicopter medevac and uh kind of bitter about that man because you know it's everybody wants to fly in a helicopter and i got to do it and it cost me a lot of money and i don't remember any you of it you know? didn't even get to enjoy I, didn't, it. I didn't get a video <laughs> of it nothing man i was mad you know when i woke up that'll come with it it should come with a complimentary selfie yeah, man at least they get the <laughs> <laughs> like, i wouldn't would have been real pretty on my part but yeah. uh something you know but anyway got me to jackson and uh they started you know doing everything they could to save my life which yeah in all uh i had nine surgeries before i woke up I was in a coma for 12 days, God. 12 days. Don't remember any of it. And then, uh, they had to, um, uh, do three, over 300 blood transfusions. Oh my God. Keep me alive, which basically rough math. That's like every drop of blood in 35 or 40 people. God, that's a lot of blood. That's a lot of blood. Yeah. That's well, a I, lot of that's a that's just a lot <laughs> that's, a, that's lot, a lot to happen to somebody it's a lot and then not to mention you know i already kind of handed out it earlier so to save my life they wound up having to take my entire left leg yeah um it's gone you know you can sit here and look at this hardware across from you right now and, i thought uh, it was pretty impressive but you know it's impressive <laughs> it's also impressive how expensive this thing is too man yeah I but can uh see that. anyway so my my amputation is called hip disarticulation, which basically means from the hip down I have nothing. So okay. so I have no muscle that controls this thing at all. I'm literally walking on faith that this thing's gonna land right and this, I'm not gonna bust my butt every time I get out of my truck and walk across the parking lot or something. Yeah. You know? But um, so anyway, that's pretty much the summary of kind of what I went through that day. Now I you know i've been through a lot more since then but yeah that's uh that's a lot of what i've been through you know that is wild man that's crazy like it there's sheesh i'm just trying to think like how many times i've either been on a duck hunt or or any kind of hunt and i see 
I try, you know, because everybody does. Like one of the first things you get taught is like gun safety, right? But mm-hmm. you'll you'll see somebody just kind of do something, and they're not. It's just kind of lackadaisical, like a minor slip, and it might not even be something like just blatantly negligent, like just not paying attention to where they point their barrel, but just kind of well, that barrel's pointing right there, you know. And you just don't even think a thing about it because you you're like, ah, it's fine. But that happened to what happened to you. It just seemed like it just happened that quick, just boom. Yep. It's crazy, man. You know, I think about that day a lot, and uh, and it was my fault. It happened when it all boils down to. And um, you know, I didn't intentionally leave a shell in my gun. It was it was one shell I had left in my gun, mm-hmm. and um, I'll explain why. So uh, when we were kind of packing up our gear before the ranger got to us, uh-huh. we were sitting there, and every duck hunter knows when you're outside the blind messing with decoys or something. That's when the ducks that's start when the flying. The ducks right? fly in, yeah. So that's what happened that day. Yeah, I had my gun unloaded. Um, some a group of teal buzz just kind of flew down over our heads. I kneeled down, just instincts, you know, kneeled sure. down, grabbed a shell, loaded in my gun, and uh, waited to see if they you know flying within range and uh they never did a couple minutes later the ranger pulled up i just walked over and didn't think about it yeah just forgot man and um you know it was my fault i shouldn't have done that that was terrible terrible mistake i made and you know not every day do we have to pay for some of the mistakes we make you know but i did you know and i'm still you know paying for it now yeah well Um, but like i've said it before me and i said it when we had a podcast at troy a few weeks ago was it you know i've learned you know like whatever kind of situation you're put into good or bad it's a chance to better yourself and that's what like i guess that's what we can go into next is kind of what you went through after that because mm-hmm. it's pretty incredible to me i yep. mean heck just seeing you walk in here today like that's it's impressive i don't even i mean i guess we can dive into a little bit what all you had to go through to get to where you could do that mm-hmm a lot um you know there was a, a long time there where i didn't think i would ever walk again mm. you know doctors were telling me like you know your amputation is really really difficult um and i'll dive into that a little bit so sure. uh like i already mentioned i'm I amputated at the hip um only two percent of amputations are what i have so it's it's extremely rare wow um you know i have to replace my prosthetic replaces three working joints and uh you know i guarantee like you will never see a prosthetic leg as long as mine for the rest of your life man <laughs> i swear because i'm six foot six yeah for you're a tall guy out there yeah. like i'm tall and this leg is like three foot long it's yeah. crazy man <laughs> but um so you know I, I i had many many internal battles and uh you know in the end it all boils down to you know i had to just put my faith in god yeah. and trust him that he would you know help get me through this and you know that's that's the best thing um that i've used that has helped me persevere and overcome this sure. tragedy you know and, yeah. and i'm not saying it clicked immediately i didn't wake up and just say okay god this is in your hands i was mad yeah you know i, I was why me you know what did i do to deserve this and you know i know it was my fault but still the whole act of it how it all happened is just crazy yeah and um you know i was mad about it and it took me some time to kind of get past that and realize you know maybe you know and some reason and i will never know it's not my job to know it's my job to trust that god has a plan for this yeah and you know really i feel all of us can use that in our lives 100 percent. you know everybody goes through struggles in life and 
You know, we want so bad to control it our way, do it our way, you know, fix it. And sometimes, you know, that's just God trying to talk to us and tell us, hey, look, you know, this is not what I have planned for you. What I have planned for you is better than you can imagine. You know, I know it's hard to see right now, but put your faith and trust in me and I will deliver you to where you're supposed to be yeah. one day. And, um, you know, that's really kind of what I've settled on through this. And, you know, since I've just kind of given up and, and trying to quit fight all, fighting all this, you know, God's just opened up doors for me and, and he's allowed me to share my experience and my story yeah. with others, you know, and, and I feel like this could be for, for many different reasons, you know, um, you know, talking about, like I just said, trusting that God has a plan for your life, um, you know, talking about gun safety, you yeah. know, I mean, how many times do just little things happen, you know, something minor that we might just let slip you know it gets late in the season we've been hunting four or five days in a row and you know oh, i'm just gonna you know leave my gun here or do this or do that or lean it up against the truck or something and you know don't do that yeah i mean listen to me y'all like just just make sure you do the right thing every time and and you don't have to worry about anything like this you know yeah that's my message and um and just also helping other people with disabilities you know i've been able to help other people through my success being yeah. an amputee you know that to push themselves and i've helped people walk for the first time in in years since you know they had an accident or a surgery for, and, for um, are those people that are like down longer than because i mean honestly man it doesn't seem like I, I can't imagine what all it took through but like it seems like you were you bounced back pretty quick like you know it seems like you were like all right let's do this and then you were on the road to recovery does that make sense no yeah I, I really didn't touch on that i'll do that quickly um so i was in the hospital for 53 days okay um got out february 22nd started going to physical therapy and um four months i think it was four months almost exactly after i got uh after the accident i went to chicago okay um to a specialist up there for my amputation he built my leg and I was walking on it day one. Wow. Which is, it's not normal. You yeah. Know, that is not, not normal at all. Um, you know, he was in, he was in shock and he has a lot of patients with my amputation and most of them, you know, struggle tremendously. It takes them months, if not years to learn to walk properly. To be able to walk. Okay. Yeah. And I did it day one. Day two, me and my wife and our son, we went to Navy Pier and I was walking up and down Navy Pier. Wow. Yeah, in, in the middle of uh it was mid May, beautiful day. There was people Probably everywhere. People, all over the place. people were pointing at my leg, like, Oh, look at this guy and I was just like, Man, this is crazy. It's probably how what like, are we doing here? What was that feeling like for you when you were standing up again? Dude, it was it was really like emotional for me. I'm sure. Um, because there were so many thoughts that I would never be able to do it again, yeah. you know, and I wouldn't have a normal life. Um, you know, in my life, it's not normal to your standards, but to me now, it's my new normal. Right. You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that was a, a huge deal for me to just actually know that I could do it because I was doubting myself the whole way. Sure. Like, I mean, I, I was an athlete. I played college football at LSU. You know, I'd done hard things physically in my life. And um, I still had doubt in my mind that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to do this. You know, I wasn't going to be strong enough. I wasn't going to be, you know, have a good enough balance or whatever it was. And uh, when I actually did it, 
man, like all that just washed over me and just confidence just hit me. And I was like, yeah. man, I can do this. You know, it's, it's possible. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I've been doing ever since, man. I've, you know, I still work full time. I use my leg most of the time when I'm working and just doing everyday stuff, going to the grocery store, sure. running errands. You know, it's, it's, it, you can live more of a normal life, um, using your, your prosthetic. But, uh, if I'm doing anything active like hunting or something, I usually use crutches just because the prosthetic has so many limitations. Yeah. You know, walking in mud, uh, tall grass or water is impossible. The leg, mm. first off, the leg can't get wet. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, man. It, it, I have to charge it up like a phone every really? night. Yeah. What does that plug do? plug it in the wall. Yeah, what does so, it do? So the knee, I charge the knee. The knee has microprocessors in it. Okay. So it has sensors here and at the foot. And it senses, like, when I'm on a certain type of terrain, yeah. like, it knows kind of how to move, if it needs to be stiffer or more flexible. Oh, wow. Basically, this is the smartest thing in the room right now. <laughs> no, no argument no there. Offense. No <laughs> argument there. Yeah, and, uh, no offense. I'll never argue be the smartest thing in any room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And, and the price tag on anybody's interest is about 70 grand. So, it's like a, it's like a new Cadillac. And it lasts about five years. Really? Yeah. Every wow. Every five years, you pretty much need to replace it. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that's a bill. I got a foot for the rest of my life. No but, pun intended, right? Yeah, yeah no <laughs> pun intended. But thank God for insurance, you know. Thank God for yeah. insurance. Yeah. Uh, it's been, been very, very helpful through all this. Yeah. It's pretty wild, man. I mean, because when we first started talking about doing the podcast – um, and then I started paying attention to your Instagram and then there was this video of you doing box jumps with, you know, and I was like, huh. I look, look, I got two good legs and I have a hard enough time doing box jumps with both my legs. Ask Jeff at the floor gym. He's seen me do it and he laughs at me normally cause he sees my struggle. Like how, how long did that take? Man, it took, it took some time. I'm not going to lie. Like this didn't just click overnight. i'm sure yeah <laughs> you know? and nothing anything, nothing worth having in life comes easy no it's a fact of life and so for you i'm sure you had to go through plenty of hardship to get to where you're you're where you're at today yeah man i've i've been living in the gym basically for yeah. the last uh well it's, it's been a year and a half now since all this happened but before i got my leg man i was i was working out a lot you know just trying to get my strength back because uh you know, because I was in a coma for 12 days when I woke up, I had no strength yeah. in my body. Like, I, I couldn't even feed myself, man. Wow. Like, I was completely dependent on others to just feed me. Yeah. You know, and that was a shock. And then yeah. realizing, you know, how hard it was going to be to build myself back up from zero. Pretty much, yeah. And I started replaying in my mind, like, all right, LSU, workouts. You know, my old strength coach, Tommy Moffitt. He uh he he's a phenomenal phenomenal man, um and I, I still you know talk to him keep in touch with him now and uh you know just thinking back to the things he used to tell us and say to us and all the things he taught us about strength training and you know how to target different muscle groups and nutrition like I never once I left LSU I never thought I'd use that again in my life and then I've used it more now wow. than I did when I was playing there <laughs> it's crazy yeah you know? so it's like. In a way, you know, it's like I was kind of prepared for this before it ever happened. Sure. I didn't even know it, you know. Yeah. 
And uh, But it's been a lot of work, a lot of effort. I do pull-ups a lot, you know, a lot of body weight exercises. I can I can crank out probably 100 pull-ups in a session pretty easy. Uh, a lot of dips, like body weight dips and everything. Yeah. Um, stuff that I, I never did when I was playing football at LSU or could do. And uh, now it's just like second nature. I can, I wow. can do it pretty easy, man. Yeah. Never yeah. thought uh, – Never thought I'd be in this kind of shape. You know, when I tell people I played football at LSU, first they kind of scratch their head and they look at my leg and they're like, hmm, are you sure? <laughs> and then I tell them I played offensive line. Yeah, you told me that this morning. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was like, <laughs> wait a second, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, I played offensive line. I was 300 pounds. And they're like, no, nah, man, you were probably the punter or something if you even yeah. did play football. Yeah, looking <laughs> at you now, I would have, like, when you talk, I never would have guessed that you played O-line. Like, yeah. no, no way. Yep. So the day the day this happened, the accident happened, I was about two hundred and eighty pounds. Wow. Today I'm hundred and seventy pounds. Wow. Yeah. So I mean a lot of that's my leg that's gone, but still I I've lost a lot of weight too on yeah. top of the leg. So uh yeah, it's been uh it's been a crazy ride to say the least. Yeah. Sheesh, dude. That's my I mm. how long like I'm trying to think, I'm going back that was it like how long did it get to where you were like i know you were walking on it but like how how difficult was the progression to where i mean like i, I keep going back to those box jumps but like if i attempted if i even had the strength in one leg to jump that high like i don't, i wouldn't even have the balance to do that i'd fall over like yeah. how much of an issue was that like trying to working out the balance for for that yeah so balance is balance was one of the hardest things i had to figure out because you know when you stand on one leg now it's not anything like what I experienced because you have a counterweight with your other leg, sure. right? So it kind of balances you out. Well, my counterweight's gone, and when I stand on one leg, I look like a wobbly top. You know, I'm trying to struggle, especially at first. Yeah. Um, now I can stand on one leg like a flamingo all yeah. day, you know. And uh, But, yeah, dude, that took a lot of time and, you know, just a lot of faith and, and you know, trusting in myself, trusting in God that, you know, he was going to help push me through all this and um you know just the amount of work and time i put into it just to get back to where i could live a normal life where i could keep mm -hmm. working my job you know where i could be active in my son's life yeah. moving forward and be a part of my family um you know that was big part of my motivation through all this was just watching yeah. my little boy you know it's kind of funny we were learning to walk at the same time <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy man. yeah you know i just sit there and watch him i'm like man we're both trying to figure this out this is crazy <laughs> you know never would i thought i'd be here no but uh anyway so it's you know it's it's been a struggle it has been you know me telling my story in 20 minutes i can kind of make it sound easy and run through it but it's it's no. been a lot of sleepless nights and worry and you know, just trying to figure out how to pick up the pieces. Did, did you, did you ever have like moments in there where you're like, I just don't know if I can do this. Yeah. You know, like where it was just like, I, I may just want to just lay here, you mm -hmm. know? Most mornings, most mornings when I would wake up, I would be like, you know, this is, this is horrible. I don't want to do it. And, and another thing I'll mention, you know, because I was in the hospital for so long, they had me on some serious pain medication. Yeah. Like the heavy stuff right uh you know i could look through my medical records and fentanyl's on there and delauded like just some crazy pain meds yeah and i was addicted bad yeah. 
So I not only did I have to overcome losing my leg, building my strength back up, but I had to overcome an opioid addiction in the middle of all that. Mm. Yeah, that Dude, wasn't your fault. That was, I mean, I, I, that wasn't my fault. Yeah, I, I just got pumped full of it, and I needed it, you know, at the yeah. time. And uh, you know, that was that was a big struggle through all of it too, because that weighed on me physically and mentally. You yeah. know, it had my mind in a bad place for sure. a while. Had my body just feeling horrible going through withdrawals. And, um, you know, but my story on the pain meds, we were, I was getting ready to go on a turkey hunt three weeks after I got out of the hospital. So I, I went hunting three <laughs> weeks after I got out of the hospital. So <laughs> my wife thought I was an absolute crazed lunatic. Sure. And I told her I was going hunting. That's fair for her to think <laughs> that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, to make it even crazier, right before we left to go on the turkey hunt, I just decided I was going to quit taking pain meds, just cold turkey. Oof. Walked out of the doctor's office. He handed me a fresh set of scripts, and I looked at them, wadded them up, and threw them in the trash. I was like, I'm done with these. Yeah. And uh, that was a rough turkey hunt. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough, man. Uh, but, but I did kill a turkey in Texas. That probably took some of that pain away. Yeah. I was rolling around out there, and, you know, everything in Texas either sticks you or sticks bites you. Sticks you or bites you, man. Yep. I was pulling thorns out of my butt for a month after I got home, <laughs> rolling around, trying to crawl up on a turkey or something, and yeah. it was wild. But uh, but yeah, man, overcoming all that, you know, an opioid addiction, you know, all I can say is, you know, God had a plan for me through all this, and I've put my faith in Him that He's going to yeah. get me through it, and you know, here I am today. Yeah, well, that's the 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 biggest thing personally for me. Listen to your story. From you know, from right here, right now is, you know, we talked about obviously like the the physical hardships that you went through, the mental hardships, the waking up in the morning, not wanting to go through it, and like there's no denying, like man, that's that sucked, you know, like the it ain't so, you know, it's but, you know what, you you didn't quit, you know, and that that's again we. I have several friends, and like again, everybody goes through struggles and stuff, mm -hmm. and and we talked about it. We did that. One of the more popular podcasts we did was about, I don't know how many weeks ago now, but we did that Persevere podcast mm -hmm. when, you know, Troy had some stuff going on in his life. I had some stuff going on in my life. And the the, the number of people that reached out to me uh, because they heard that podcast and they, you know, we didn't go into detail about what was going on, but I had folks like, man, I'm going through stuff too. And thank you for talking about that. And so what I would take the opportunity to do with you sitting here, you know, I, I don't know who, who all this podcast reaches. You're never going to know, right? And what place they're going to be at in life when they hear it. But one thing that I've seen through just firsthand experiences and knowing people that usually what happens when people go through some sort of a struggle is they either, they either turn into a victim. You know, they're like they just want to stay down and be the, a victim of the situation or they're just really, really bitter and neither it never really goes to any sort of progression mm -hmm. you just stay there you just kind of stagnant you know you don't necessarily you either get worse or you just kind of float in that same spot whereas you look at a guy in your situation which is not a good situation but you found a way to get out of it yeah through you know obviously like you like you mentioned through faith and faith in jesus and 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 relying on him and using motivation like your wife and your son but you found a way out mm-hmm and that's what matters yeah in my opinion yeah no that's that's everything you know that's uh just keep just keep waking up 
you know just keep just keep going no matter what you're going through no matter how bad you feel your circumstance is i promise you there's somebody out there who's got it bad worse than you do you yeah. know and uh that that was something that did help me through this was i was in uh inpatient rehab for two weeks after i got out of the hospital and i got to see people who actually did have it worse than me you yeah know? and they were in there fighting they were in there struggling you know what excuse did i have yeah you know i can i can do it too why not yeah and uh you know i i hope you know i can help you know inspire people out there to you know just keep going man you know you don't ever know what's going to come your way tomorrow nobody does no and um you know it, it can be you know the biggest blessing bigger blessing than you could ever imagine and uh but you got to wake up to find out you know you got to wake up and you got to keep going and um you know that's what i've done you know day after day i wake up and no matter what demons i'm facing in my head you know no matter how negative my thoughts are i've just got to get up and go mm-hmm. you know just get moving yeah. and um you know that's that's been a you know a good way for me to you know keep pushing and, and try to get through all this yeah yeah that's the att- attitude to have man like sometimes even if like hey this situation kind of sucks yeah well either way we got to deal with it yep <laughs> you know it's it's not going away yeah. it's, it's here to stay you yeah. know for life for me and um you know it's just something that you know i've got to prepare myself for not just for now and today but 20 30 years from now yeah you know i want to keep hunting when i'm 60 years old yeah and, why not uh, <laughs> so i've got to figure out a way to be able to do that and that's for me is to stay in the best shape and you know have a good diet as possible now while i'm young while i can do it yeah um you know and, and i've learned a lot of other things through this too you know just perseverance is a big one but uh you know one thing that really sticks out to me through my experience mm-hmm. is um just kind of sorting out what really matters in life yeah you know when i was laying there on the side of the highway breathing my last few breaths before i went into cardiac arrest um you know none of the material things that i had put so much value in in Mm -hmm. my first 29 years were running through my head man Hmm. you know and uh only thing that was on my mind at that time was my family and my relationship with God, that was it. Yeah. You know, all the things that I'd spent, you know, up all night worrying about work or worrying about paying the bills or worrying about, you know, how am I going to, um, you know, kill this big deer I've got on camera, you mm-hmm. know, just thinking about all these little things. And, and that's what my life revolved around. And I failed to notice the true important things in life. And then when I was laying there gasping for air, None of those things that I always worried about every day were on my mind, man. Interesting. It was the things that matter, family, relationship with God. And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, drop everything else and, uh, you know, that's all you got to focus on. Yeah. You know, everybody needs a 360 surround view <laughs> pop-up blind in their in their hunting bag, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, just don't let yourself get to the point to where that's all you're focused yeah. on in life. You're you just saying prioritize. Exactly. There yeah. are more, there's more out there than just trying to acquire more stuff and trying to keep up with the Joneses. You yeah. know, you're not thinking about you know how big a house you live in or what model your truck is or anything like that when you're breathing your last breath and arguably some of your most important breaths on this earth yeah you know 
And um, if you're not thinking about it then, why are we thinking about it so much while we're living life? You yeah. know, and that's something that's really, you know, kind of stuck out to me and it's something that I've been able to kind of keep with me and, and go back to from time to time because yeah. I, I still fall into those traps, man. It's like, easy to. The world is good at making us think we need more stuff, you know. Yeah. It, it really is. And, um, you know, and and I fall into it all the time. And, and But at the end of the day, I think I think back and say, man, what were you thinking about when you were laying there thinking your time was done? You yeah. Know? And that's what really matters. And just to, like you said, prioritize things in your life. Yeah. And don't get overwhelmed by, you know, just acquiring more and more and more. You know, that's, at the end of the day, that's not what's on anybody's mind yeah. when they're at the end of the rope. You yeah. Know? That's, a that's a good perspective because it's so easy to do, right? It's especially with easy it, to do. It, especially in the world we live in now in this, like, fast-paced world, everything at your fingertips. You don't, it's, it's so easy to do. Yep. Yep, and I mean, every one of us, you know, no matter what situation you're in, we're surrounded with blessings around us, mm -hmm. you know. I That's mean, take it from me. Take it from me. You know, if you've got two legs, you are blessed, <laughs> man. I'm telling you, like, you don't understand it like I do, you know. Yeah. Just know that. You were blessed. Like, there are so many things in our lives that we take for granted. And, um, you know, just just realize that we have blessings to be thankful for around us every day. Yeah. You know, there's there's a, like I said, there's always somebody out there that's got a little bit tougher situation than you do. Absolutely. You know? So be thankful for what you have. You know, don't get over consumed and worrying about what you don't have, you know, and uh, stay close to your family and, and keep a relationship with God, you know, through all of it. Wise words, my friend. Very wise words. I think if everyone could have a perspective like that, we'd all be a whole lot better off. Yep. I don't think I know that, actually, if we all could keep just keep that in perspective. Like I said, I'm guilty of it, too. I'll lose I'll lose perspective in a minute. I'll catch myself down and out or worried about something stupid or, or like I said, being bitter about a situation and not pressing forward when I need to be. But you every now and then you got to have something just refocus yourself Yep. and, and put yourself back where he needs to be to, to be able to see what you need to see and do what you need to do yep that's exactly right you know it's important to have that in our lives and you know understand that uh you know we just we live in a world you know we're blessed to live in america you know we are <laughs> we could be in another country somewhere and have a lot harder road in front of us you know we're, yeah. we're all blessed here listening to this podcast just to be in america right now yeah you know incredible man incredible well look man we've got we've almost gone about about an hour i i don't want to cut you short if you have anything else that you want to add to it feel free to but I, i've i've gone uh man i like i said this it's a pretty pretty compelling story and i thank you for your time yeah i really do well thanks for the you know opportunity to be able to tell it and um you know I, i've been you know using this to uh you know help other people with disabilities I, I found the organization nonprofit Disabled Outdoorsman USA. Okay. Um, it's a guy named Weston Jenkins out in Texas, and what he does is he takes people with disabilities on hunts. Okay. And um, and he he helps them, you know, show them purpose and love in their life. And I've kind of gotten involved with him a little bit, and we're kind of in the works of doing some stuff here, you know, in in this area and stuff. And uh, but just you know what I've one of the things I feel like I should do through all this because I was given so much support and love you know a GoFundMe was set up 
in uh in my name that raised over like a hundred thousand dollars oh, wow. when I was in the hospital. That's man. awesome. Just like yeah. people just showed me so much love and yeah. passion and I, I just feel like, you know, I need to do it too. So that's kind of uh what I'm doing moving forward. Awesome. But um yeah, man, but that's that's about it, dude. Cool. That's about it. I appreciate it, Lake. Dude, man, I appreciate this. I appreciate you coming and hanging out and, and sharing your story. Like it's just we need stories like this and we need people pushing perspectives like the perspective that you have so yeah no don't thank me i thank you <laughs> i really yeah, do man. um guys i think that's all we have for today I, I truly i hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as i did uh if you have any questions as always don't hesitate to send them in you can send them into the primo's facebook page primo's instagram page you can send them to my own instagram page either way um they will get dealt with when we post this podcast i'll uh, tag matt so y'all can find him and follow him if you want to and uh, i think that'll be it good to go good to go good to go yeah man i appreciate it all right guys thank you for listening to the speak the language podcast